Welcome to the Clyde Podcast. This is Willa Weston, the founder and director of Clyde, and I'm super excited to hand you this interview I just did with Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston. They are the founders of an online community called Sister I Am With You, and together they've written several books about friendship for women and their daughters, and they are the best-selling authors of the book, I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing My sweatpants. And I just had this fabulous conversation with them that I think will resonate with all of us because we talked about friendship breakups and comparison and the myth of the best friend and, you know, seasons of friendship. And there's just so many things we covered. And I think this will encourage you in your relationships. So I'm just going to hand this over to you and let you enjoy. Well, hey, Jess and Amy, it's so fun to sit down with you guys. You've already had apparently like a crazy morning that started at 5 a.m. with your first podcast. So you guys have your coffee in hand. You're ready to go. We're ready. Thanks for having us. Yeah, totally. And Jess, you have a sweatshirt on that says what right now? It says smile more. I found it at Target yesterday. So that means that I will be wearing it for two weeks consecutively because that's how I roll <laughs> new clothing Amy can attest to that she bought me a sweatsuit for our last be- book launch and I think I wore it for a month <laughs> yeah it was a really what good investment like, <laughs> like it was a really good investment I think I paid $60 for it I don't know 65 but I still half of our interviews that is what she is wearing <laughs> what made you see said sweatsuit and go I have to get this for Jess Amy I don't know. I don't, I, it was just like, sometimes you're just drawn to things. I was walking through the mall and we were meeting up in California, I guess. We We were were meeting for good morning America. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were meeting for good morning America. Yeah, obviously a sweatsuit. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the book was sweatpants. It was coming out. So I wanted to get something for her. So I was like walking down the mall and it just like, it caught my eye. Like it was almost like it started shining from the <laughs> racks of Victoria's Secrets. And I was like, well, I must go buy that for Jess. And it was to this day, I mean, price per wear is probably down to like a nickel. Every time Jess wears it, it, has, wow. it costs me a nickel. What color is this? Is it all matching? Yes. And it's the color. It was kind of our book color, cover color. It was like bright yellow, but Amy has a matching one and I, but hers is like a really great pink. And I just, I think I thought that we were both going to wear them together for like a month. Okay. And (laughs) did you roll into good morning America? Is that the show you said you were on in these sweatsuits? No, No, we looked cute. (laughs) Should have, but they did. That was one of the first questions they asked is if we were wearing sweatpants and we were like, darn it. Darn it. (laughs) Wow. Well, you guys will have to show that to me next time. You guys created the Sister I'm With You online community, which is a space where millions of women get real about friendship, including the friendship that their daughters face. Can you kind of take us back in time, rewind us back to how you two became friends and what happened after that? We met on the internet, which <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure at some point my husband, I was like, Hey husband, 
I'm getting, his name is Brandon. I don't know why I called him husband, but <laughs> hey, Brandon, I am getting into business with this girl that I've never met in real life. Does that sound like a good plan to you? And he said, no, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Does that really happen? I don't think I knew that. That's so funny. <laughs> well, he, uh, he, he's, he likes to plan things out and he's very business minded and he doesn't anyway. So no, he was like, I think you should meet in real life. Uh, partnerships tend to be tricky, but I thank goodness I didn't take his, his advice. Cause just like, just like that sweatsuit called to me in the mall, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jess called to me from the internet. Wow. <laughs> like it was just, were you on like a find a friend site or what? <laughs> no, we were in, we were, we write together for one of the same publications. So they, they put all the writers like in a little Facebook group. Yeah. So I followed Jess online. I just was a fan of hers. I liked the way she wrote. We kind of have similar styles. I don't know if you can tell, like we're both just kind of casual and showing up as we are. And so I just like slid into her DMs and gave her a compliment and mm-hmm. uh, kept I don't know if just ever at any point, like tried to get me a go to what to like, try to get me to go away, but I just, I wouldn't No, yeah. I got yeah. talking. I was like, I, I just really want to work with you. I like you. And then we like went from internet to messages to phone calls. And here we are. And here you are. Hey, so you other- kind of had a friend crush. Yeah. You signed into her DMs and you're like, I like you. Let's get to know each other. And now you guys have an online community that impacts massive amounts of women. Yeah. I can only explain it. It was a God thing. Honestly, it really was. It really was all of it. Every, every step of it, the idea for sister I'm with you was like born out of a whim. And it just, sometimes you just know, I don't think it happens very often, but I do feel like there are a few times in my life where you just, you just know, like I knew I needed to buy that sweatsuit. (laughs) I knew. (laughs) And I just, I knew Jess and I were supposed to work together in some capacity. I I don't know. I couldn't even explain it. I just felt good about it. Well, let's talk about that whim, that moment where you guys decided that you were going to collaborate on this project together. What, what was the idea? What was the inspiration and how did it all come together? We're both super relational. And when we were talking on the phone, we just ended up talking about friendship a lot. Because that, I mean, we've both struggled in it. We've both had heartbreaks or seasons of loneliness and we've had great friendships. We just kind of ended up talking about it a lot. Um, and with along with that whim, Amy, Amy called me. We'd been talking on the phone for maybe a couple months and she called me and she was out of breath and she was like, Jess, I'm packing. I need to leave in five minutes for a family trip. Do you want to start a page together all about friendship and call it sister? I'm with you. And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> so It was because li- I think both of us had written, I think, little pieces on our own pages about friendship. And we were seeing that it was su- it was really resonating. I was originally a mommy blogger. I still write about parenting sometimes. Um, but friendship is, was just such a deep passion of mine. I had a really hard season of loneliness and depression and, um, coming out of that was just, I've, I learned tools and coming out of that, that I was really excited to share about and talk about 
And we just realized we're like, there's no place on the internet that is talking about friendship in a real and authentic way, not in a way where you need friends, go get some friends, but like, Hey, friendship's hard. We get lonely. Seasons change. It can be awkward meeting new people. Also, here's some tools. Hmm. How cool that you guys started this, but also that you kind of were living the message before you started it. I mean, Amy, you just said like you saw a woman that you thought was awesome and it's a pretty brave move to slide into someone's DMs and be like, I think you're awesome. I think we should be friends. I think we should start something together. I mean, it (laughs) does take that kind of initiative to have the relationships that we long for. Right. I think a lot of women sit back and just sort of like, I don't have like what I long for, but they're not like doing the work to be intentional to make. And I, we've both been in seasons like that where we were, where, well, like I, where I was just waiting, like waiting for a friend to bang down my door. So literally Amy says that all the time in so many interviews, like if you don't know what to say to someone, try a compliment, come in with a compliment. And she's come in with a compliment and a sweatsuit and you will have it for life. Well, wait on the sweatsuit. Wait. That might be a little much at first. That might be a little much. That's an intimate gift. So make sure you're in it pretty deep. (laughs) What do you guys see happening in women and female and girl friendships that made you realize that we need spaces to talk about it? I'd say that... We just started to realize, we we realized what a deep ache it was in our own hearts and how much we needed tools. And we kind of had to go forge our way to finding tools. Um, And we just thought about like growing up, you talk about what's your career going to be, who you're going to, who are you going to marry? What's your dream? But we rarely talk about who are the friends you're going to have in your life and how are you going to pursue them and then take good care of them? cultivate deep friendships. How are you going to do that in your life? We rarely talk about that. But for me, like if we're looking back over the course of my life, I would say some of the highest highs and the lowest lows are about friendship. Hmm. Friendship breakups can be every bit as painful as other, as dating breakups or whatever. They're just, yeah, it's very life altering friendships in our life. Absolutely. When you guys, I mean, you're giving advice now, friendship advice you wished you had as kids. I'm curious if you can both go back to a moment that you had as a kid. And if you could give yourself advice, what circumstance would you return to and what advice would you give yourself? Oh, okay. I would probably go my very first, very real friend breakup. And it, it, broke my heart. I mean, sometimes this is going to sound silly, but sometimes I still get sad whenever I think about it because me and this girl were close kindergarten through junior high. I mean, we spent every day. We hung out every day. We were so close. And when it ended, it ended and it broke me. She kind of, um, she was cooler than I was. I don't know how else to say that. She was cooler than I was. She hung out with the more popular crowd and there. I I was like, I just that wasn't me. Um I would go back and I would tell myself to let her go, to just let her go, and that she's gotta go and live her life and that that friend breakup 
Don't take it personally. Don't beat yourself up for it. Don't think that it's about you. Don't blame yourself. Don't think that this has anything to do with you not being good enough. And don't passive aggressively try to hurt her. This is a stage in life and this is part of it. Let her go. And maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. Um, but I, I didn't do that. <laughs> I, was, I, was, <laughs> I did not let her go with grace. I think I tried. I think I tried and, but instead, I mean, I was, I was broken and I was hurt and confused. And so I was, there were moments where I was like, that was passive aggressive, or I talked bad about her to somebody and someone went and told her and that, and the whole thing just got messed up where I think if I would have let her go with grace, then you know what, maybe we would have had a shot to become friends again, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I was immature and I was really insecure. Um, it's yeah. so interesting that you share that though, because I think that advice can preach to people who are in their forties. I oh, think oh. it's so yeah. interesting as you're saying that, because I think about a friendship breakup I had, and you guys have both brought up this idea of the friendship breakup. And it's such a painful experience. And part of not wanting to let it go is that loyalty in you and that fight to like do the hard work and like go the long haul and endure and not just be friends for like when it's fun. And so there's these like great character qualities within us that like want to fight to make something work. But it's so interesting that you're saying, but sometimes we just have to let people go. And that's like this like surrender of almost feeling like you failed or you have to give up doing the hard work of loving people through hard times. And yet it's so necessary. Yeah. Cause you're not really taking the friendship and kind of wadding it up and throwing it away. It feels like the picture of what you thought friendship would be. It's like, there's a bigger thing that it feels yeah. like, oh, that's not real. This yeah. friendship fairy tale doesn't exist. We're not going to be friends forever. And I was mm-hmm. positive. She would be my bridesmaid one day. I would was positive. My kids would call her aunt one day. Mm-hmm. And so you're, it's not just the friendship that you feel like is over. It's this fairy tale image that we've created. We're like, crud, that's not always the way it ends up either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the, I think for me, if I'm looking past the painful friendship breakups, it's also the letting yourself be misunderstood. We're not going to, we're not going to come to a place necessarily where we t- completely understand each other again. And in the past we had that, there was this deep understanding of each other And now I have to let go of that. I may be the bad guy in her story in some ways because I let her go or because we couldn't resolve this thing or whatever. And that, that is very hard Mm -hmm. also. When you guys talk about the friendship breakup, I mean, so often when two people are really close and then they do have this breakup, there's so much shame around, um, things we said, things we did, maybe if we wouldn't have done this, or we could have salvaged this, or, and then we start going inward to like, yeah, um, it must be me. How do, how do you advise women and girls to not go to that place of the friendship breakup is all you? It's all you, you did all this. Gosh, I mean, um, I, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I think just what comes to mind immediately is a, a more recent situation that I had. And I was just beating myself up trying to figure out how, like, I know what my heart is towards her. I know how much I care about her, but I don't think she knows it. So how how do I get across to her 
that my heart? How do I get across? So I'm trying all these ways. Cause there kept being misunderstandings. And one night I was, um, was sitting in my living room and a song came on and it was like a worship song. And in the song was, it said nothing left to prove. And I just felt God in that moment. he said, you have nothing left to prove. And I just felt like he was seeing me and letting me know, like, I see your heart. It's okay. It's time to let it go. Like you, we are only in charge of our hearts. We're not in charge of how our hearts are perceived. So if we check ourselves and we're, we take care of our own business, like, okay, I, I handled this wrong. And we, we apologize or we take care of those things, but then we know like what our heart is that we want good for them, that we were for them. We have to release what they may or may not perceive. Cause it's not our job to babysit other people's perception of us. Jess, Amy shared if if she could go back in time to when she was a little girl and give herself advice, it'd be this this friendship that she had for so long. And I'm curious what yours would be. Mine would be um, I had a season in high school where I we moved I moved to a new school and I was did had no idea how to make new friends and I felt so uncomfortable and so awkward and during the lunch period, I would sneak past the hall monitors and hide in the bathroom during lunch because I didn't know where to sit. And it was just like such a painful part of my growing up. Mm-hmm. I would tell her that, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. The season is not going to last forever. You're going to have really great friendships someday. And then I would also tell her, look for the outsiders look for someone else who doesn't have somebody to sit with and go start a conversation with them. So good. I resonate with that so much. In fact, when I'm speaking to young teenagers, I often tell the story of moving when I was 15 and I would sit in the bathroom stall. And really? I was 15 too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Moving into a new high school, like you don't want people to know you're alone. So you'll just go yeah. be alone in hiding. So no one yeah. knows you're in there. And at some point you have to come out of the bathroom stall mm-hmm. and like enter into community and relationship and friendship. But I resonate with that so much. Hey friends, as a special thank you for listening to our podcast, we wanted to give you all $10 off your tickets to our meant for more conference on March 3rd. At this conference, we will be hearing from Maddie Pruitt-Trout, Candy West, and Willow Weston. We are so excited to hear from these incredible women. So follow the ticket link in our show notes. Use code PODCAST at checkout, and the discount is yours. Thank you so much for tuning in every week, and we hope to see you at the conference. You guys say you want young girls to know they're not alone, and though friendship can be hard and complicated, it's so worth it. What are some indicators that a young girl feels alone? Like when you're thinking about moms listening and aunts and grandmas that are listening to this podcast right now, what are some signs that maybe a young girl in their life might feel pretty alone in friendship? Um, I think you have to look at that. And I do think that the first thing that you have to do is try to figure out when, because there are differences, right? Like sometimes we feel alone, but we do actually have friends and we have people who are trying to reach out to us and we just don't 
see it and we don't appreciate, maybe they're not the people that we thought would reach out. Maybe they're not the friends that we really want, but they're there. Um, so that was, that would be the first thing I would really want to talk to my daughter about and be like, can you really think of anybody who is trying to pour into you that maybe you're just not noticing? Maybe you don't notice the people who love you. And I also think there's a difference there. Like I've got a child who is very introverted. And so to me, sometimes I think that he feels lonely and he doesn't, he's fine. He's fine. He's got his one or two friends and he's like, no, I'm happy. I'm good. And so I do think we kind of have to watch that. Um, But I think sometimes you just watch for your, watch your kid and and watch, are they more anxious than normal? Are they, you know, more um, depressed, pulled, are they like pulled away, backed off more than normal? Then try to see what's going on at school. Are they, are they lonely? Do they feel disconnected from their peers? Um, Are they going through a friendship breakup and that's made them feel like they don't have their people anymore. Like they've kind of lost their footing on where they belong. And yeah, I think that I would say that, but try to make sure like, I don't know, like with my son, because sometimes I do assume that he's lonely and he's not, he's fine. He's just living his introverted life. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Parents projecting our issues onto our kids about friendship. Yeah. Yeah. All like, yes, I definitely have noticed myself doing that and had to be like, Ooh, Amy, that is about you and not them. So back off. <laughs> I love the sound effects. Love the I sound effects. That impressive. You should do that more. My I, prob- I probably couldn't do it again if you asked me to. <laughs> How do you guys help a girl who's been hurt in friendship get the courage to lean back in and trust that friendship's worth it? Man, that's a hard... That's, I mean, as adults, that's hard, right? We, we, after a big breakup, it's, it's hard, but life is just not meant to do alone. And even though you've been hurt once or you've been disappointed, doesn't mean you're going to continue to be disappointed and hurt. And sometimes I think a good thing to talk about too, is that sometimes friendships are for seasons. And sometimes those seasons change and we lose people. So look for the one, look for who you might be, who's standing out to you to invest in next. I think it's always good to tell our girls to, to reevaluate sometimes their friendships, look at the friendships they have and say, okay, are these the people that I'm, are best for me to do life with in this season? Are, is this friendship still healthy? Is this friendship still life-giving? Do I need more friendships or whatever? Who might God have in my life right now? that I can invest into. I love that because there's an invitation to our girls, this idea of like, look at what God is doing. Where is Mm -hmm. God guiding you and leading you? What is next for you? Because as I look back on my life, it seems like there's this like friendship myth, which I would love for you guys to break down for us that we need to have this best friend for life. Mm -hmm. And when I look back, I mean, because life has all these seasons that you're talking about, you, you move, you know, like I had to move in with a family when I was 15 across the state from where I lived away from everyone I knew away from my own family. And, you know, then you move to college and then maybe get a job transfer. I mean, like life has these different seasons. So God puts new people on our path. And if we can look for like, what, what is God up to in friendship in my life right now, instead right of now. Like holding tight to this, like, no, I have to have a best friend for life. Like, can you guys talk about that? 
a little bit since you're the friendship gurus, this whole idea that's put on women and not men, it feels yeah. like. True. That's true. It is put yeah. on women, not men. I think, and this is something that I've worked on a lot recently, is kind of reframing the way that I think about it, reframing the way that I talk about it and the words that I use. And I think that sometimes we do feel like the goal of friendship is for it to last forever and anything else was an utter failure. And with feeling like it's a failure comes a lot of blame and that comes, um, you know, a lot of self-shaming. And and I think we've got to realize, too, that self-shaming is different than looking at a relationship and a friendship race and go, okay, hang on, I probably did make some missteps there. I did could have done things differently. Let me take ownership of those so that I can um, kind of keep my side of the street clean and do better next time going forward. Cause I think there's power in owning that and yeah. learning from it. And yeah. then I think there's shame, which is a whole different thing. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But, um, so what I've been really doing lately, instead of this unbelievable pressure that the goal of friendship is to last forever, it's not the goal of friendship is for there to be a lot of love, a lot of grace, a lot of compassion, a lot of connection while it lasts. Can I make it good while I have it? And that's the goal. It's not for it to last forever. It's for me to make it good right now, for me to really have a good bond with this person and good conversations and some connection and let me understand them and let us pour back and forth. And however long it lasts is however long it lasts, but try to be grateful for it that this is all of life is just this big, weird, beautiful, hard journey. And just say, I'm grateful for what it was because while it was here, I really loved it. I really appreciate it. And I think that that is the purpose. And I think that takes some of the pressure off. It's just let me make it good today. Yeah, that's a completely different invitation. I feel like a lot of girls and women feel like if they don't have a best friend, they might have a ton of friends. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have a one go-to best friend, you know, like does everything for me, fulfills all my needs, then they, they look at other people who seem like they do and always compare and feel like somehow they're coming up short in friendship. What is that? I I think we always just want what we can't, what we don't have sometimes. Cause I think the flip is true. I think think the flip is true too, that people who have like one close friend also look at people who have a ton of friends and think they're missing out. Like we can, it can be either, either way. So interesting. What's your guys' best advice for making new friends across generations, young and old? Well, I said, I think I said this one already for about Amy, because our friend, we were talking about how our friendship started from a compliment, but she always says, come in with a compliment. Um, to make a goal to talk to someone new. If we're talking about, about girls, if you're lonely, make a goal to talk to someone new every day or s- someone you don't have a deep friendship with, but just ask them questions. Um, that would be the other one is come in with a compliment and get good at asking questions. I used to think that I needed to be this really interesting person. If I was going to have good friendships, I needed to come in and impress them with my stories and who I am, but being what you need to start friendships is actually being fascinated with somebody else and paying attention to them and asking them questions about what they're interested in and what their life is like and just get good at asking questions. 
And look for the look for the outsiders. We say that a lot. Like you don't have to, it's so easy, especially in, in grade school or junior high, to look at that one group and be like, I need to figure out how to get in that group and then I'm gonna feel like I belong. But you don't need to figure out how to get into that one group. Take a step back, look at the whole scenario, look for other outsiders, look for someone that you had a moment with in chemistry class or whatever. And friendship can come from very surprising places. How important is it to you guys to raise girls who are for each other instead of raising girls who spend a lot of time getting together and knocking other girls down? Very important. Very. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I want, I mean, part of it is I want my daughter to have a full life. I want her to know what it is to receive friendship. And I know, I want to know, I want her to know what it is to give friendship. I want her to know what it's like to build these deep connections with someone. And I want her to have the kind of confidence that comes from knowing exactly who she is and not spending her time thinking she'll get ahead tearing someone else down or, um, you know, wishing God had made her different or God had put her in a different situation or God had, God had given her this talent. I want her to know God didn't, God doesn't need another her. God needed a you. And so stand really confidently in that. You don't have to tear people down to get ahead. You don't have to dislike them. We're not enemies with each other. That's a, um, it's just a terribly bitter, awful way to go to the, go through the world thinking that other people are your enemy and it is your job to get ahead of them. We can believe like how much you miss out on one of the two greatest gifts that God has ever given us is the gift of salvation and the gift of each other. I don't want to miss that second one. I don't want to miss that. All these people, the people who live across from me, the woman who is checking me out at target, getting to connect with them and have a, I don't care if it's a five second conversation, That's really cool that God has given me that opportunity to connect with them and to talk to them and to see another one of his creations. That's amazing. And I want my daughter to experience that fully in life. Um, And, you know, she's not going to experience that if she spends her time being jealous or catty or trying to push people aside so that she can get ahead. So it's it's important. It's, you know, essential to me. Right. And so huge that moms are modeling healthy friendship to their daughters. Yes. Right. I mean, when you have moms who are sitting around and daughters are being raised, hearing like cattiness and comparison and knocking other women down versus having moms who are getting together and there's room for people's other people's greatness. And, and they're elevating other women and they're for other women and supporting other women. It's almost like a contagion, like it just passes on to your daughter and your daughter becomes a little mini me, right? Like becomes a mini you as far as how friendships can be. I mean, do you see in the work you're doing, do you see moms getting how, um, how easy it is to pass down healthy or unhealthy friendship habits? I think the way we talk about it is really that we hope that we can get the tools. Women can get the tools that they need. That's why we have the adult book. I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants 
if we can figure ourselves out, because we all, it's not, it's not different. It's not different. The same issues come up for girls as they do for us as women. So the more we figure out ourselves, the more we get healthy rhythms into our life, the more we become better friends. Yes. The more that impacts our daughters. And we hope that this journey really becomes partly one of our dreams with this kid's book is that moms and daughters can go through this process together. Mm, I love that so much. You guys um, wrote, we can't be best friends with everyone. Why is that? Well, because we don't have enough time. (laughs) We don't have (laughs) enough energy. I mean, it's just, it's so simple, but I do, I know I, I felt like I grew up just kind of feeling like that was my job. That was the goal, like to really love somebody the way Jesus wanted me to love somebody was to really be best friends with them. It was to know the nitty gritty. It was to know the depths of them. Hmm. And there was a lot of pressure in that. Cause if you're trying to be best friends with everybody, the truth is you're best, you're friends with nobody. You are shallow with a lot of people and you're probably so tired at the end of it that you are, um, I making promises you can't keep. Mm-hmm. Um, probably leading some people on and making them think that you are really in it for the long haul and you're there to be best friends with them when really you're like, Oh, well, I just, I do that with everybody. Um, and I just got to a place in my life where I realized that's, that's not what I want to do. I want to be really intentional and I, I only have so much time. I'm not Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I can't do that. I can't be best friends with everybody. I can really save my heart. And instead of like spilling my secrets and my guts out everywhere, because I felt like that was what it was to be vulnerable and real. And you get hurt that way. That's not guarding your heart. So you can be, you can love everybody. And I think you can do a really good job when you're out in public to notice everybody, to try to figure out who is new and how can I welcome them and how can I bring them in without feeling like you have to be best, best friends with everybody because you just can't do it. Like you are limited in your time and your energy. And so it's like, if we've all got one bucket of water and you're trying to water 50 plants, you're not going to do a good job. So you've got that bucket of water and you pick the plants that really want to grow and are really going to do good in the soil that you can provide them with. And maybe you just water four, five of them, three, two, you know, but you just realize that you've just got that one bucket of water. Good word. Hey, I could ask you guys so many friendship questions and I want to hear about your books and how people can get them. But before I ask you guys about that, my last question to you is when I think about moms listening to this podcast who have daughters and they they want to start talking to their kid about friendships, but they really um, feel kind of unversed in how to start having important conversations about healthy friendships. What's your best advice for them? Buy this book. But yeah, buy this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I I am a big believer in um, not putting our past trauma on our kids by any means, but being open and vulnerable about our own struggles growing up, mm-hmm. sharing stories of seasons of loneliness or a time when someone really hurt our feelings. Just throughout 
Because I believe that creates space for them to know, oh, my mom hasn't always had it together. My mom hasn't always had these amazing friendships. So that when that stuff comes up in their life, they know that you're a safe space. Absolutely. And that it's normal. Having little bumps in the road and friendship is friendship with humans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys, how can people get your books? Tell us a bit about them so that they know which ones are for them or for their kids. We'd love to hear about how to connect with you. Um, You can connect with us on our Facebook page called Sister I Am With You. That is a really good place to start. But our book, which we would love for you to purchase, <laughs> at least look at, um, our, uh, our adult version is called I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing Sweatpants. And that is the book we wrote for women, um, adult women, about friendship, about insecurity, about friendship breakups, about, you know, all of it. Um, and then that book we adapted into a version for girls between ages eight to 12 called I'll be there and let's make friendship bracelets. And you can get them on Amazon. Um, Barnes and Noble should have them. Target has the adult version. Very cool. And where do we get those yellow sweatsuits? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You guys, thank you so much for saying yes to what God is doing in your life and uh, for living out loud, you know, your friendship with each other and then the way that you're calling all of us into healthier friendships and modeling it as moms and inviting our kids into it. It's just a beautiful thing you're doing. And I'm excited to see what God does. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it was awesome to hang out. Next time, though, I do expect the yellow and pink. And pink. Yeah, yeah, real. Done. I think we have both. I th- I have. We both we both have the yellow. We both have the coral. Uh, we both have the green and pink tie dye one too. Yeah, we have. Uh, we have branched out. We have a lot of sweatsuits now because we think it was on brand. Like, I mean, if we're gonna write a book with sweatpants in the title. We're going to need to wear a lot of sweatpants. Well, we're definitely going to have to do a 2.0 with you so we can show people. Okay. Have a good day, you guys. Thank you. You too. Bye. Hey, friend. I hope that you were encouraged by this conversation, that it made you think differently about friendship and invited you to take uh, some next steps to walk towards more health in your relationships. A few things that you could do today that might be next steps. One is, is if this podcast spoke to you in some way, you can just simply share it with a friend. And that's a bold move to just take an next step in a friendship and just say, hey, I thought this might encourage you. Um, You can also subscribe to this podcast. If you love the content that we're putting out, would love for you to have this come into your inbox every week. You can do that on whatever platform you're listening to podcasts. Also make sure that you check out our website at wecollide.net to see all the other resources that we have for you. But I hope that you know this week as you keep colliding that you would know that Jesus is your friend, that he is with you and walks alongside you, but that he also never wants you to do it alone, that he is putting people in your path to remind you that your life matters, that you have so much to bring to the table, and that you are worthy of relationship 
So if you're experiencing a tough friendship right now, my hope is that you experience some peace this week. Keep colliding, friend, and we'll catch you next week.